My psychic senses are telling me that you are spiritually curious. I'm just kidding. If you found your way here, most likely <laughs> you are interested or curious about energy, the secrets of the universe, the magic of the unseen. There is a lot of conflicting information out there about how to tune into energy beings properly, how to build your intuition, how to cleanse things, yada, yada, yada. I know how overwhelming it can be, so I created a one-stop shop for all of your spiritually curious, psychic expansive self-care needs where you can build your own spiritual practice with guidance, tools, and a safe place to explore your curiosities and connect to your intuition. There's a ton of crash courses covering topics ranging from meeting your spirit guides to trans-channeling to manifesting. You get distance Reiki healings for a wide range of needs, such as moving through discomfort or support stepping into a new chapter or even help calling in creativity. Subscribers get 15% off all full-price services, a monthly group Zoom hangout where the weird is our normal. There are exclusive channeling videos, expansive conversations, guided meditations, movement meditations, weekly reflections, intuitive practices, this podcast, ad-free and as a video, and so much more. New content is uploaded every week, so there's constantly new stuff for you to learn from, digest, and various practices to keep you grounded in your body. And all of this, might I add is only $7 per month. So if you're ready to align to your best self and show up as your inner being, a priceless investment in yourself, you can head over to channelwithamber.com slash subscribe to give it a peek. I'll see you over there. Hello, my friends. Welcome back to Diary of a Psychic Medium with me, Amber Amrine. Today is a really special episode. We have my mom joining us. This was a really fun conversation. It's a bit of a continuation off of last week when we had her sister Lily on. Um, she just kind of talks about healing from her childhood, changing perspectives on things, coming into a more aligned for her spiritual practice, dealing with the religious guilt, stuff like that. I confess a lot about my childhood. <laughs> she talks about raising a super sensitive child. We talk about just spooky ghost stories growing up. So much fun stuff. So here we go. Alrighty, I'm so excited for you guys to listen to this. There is a lot that I, I don't know, like my mom and I haven't really, I guess it's not often that you sit with your parent and just like talk about your perspectives on things from growing up, you know? So this was a really interesting way <laughs> for her to like find out how I was approaching things or how I felt about things, you know, the things that I kept hidden from her <laughs> and just helped make sense of things. It was really cool. It was also interesting hearing her perspective about raising such a sensitive kid, um, trying to find a balance. There was so much going on and just, we're, we were all trying our best, you know, it was just a really special conversation. Uh, yeah, really good stuff. Okay, so I'm going to read a little bit about her. So Maria is a practitioner and master teacher of Usui Reiki, Karuna Reiki, and Crystal Reiki. Fascinated by the mystery and power of energy healing for many years, in 2017 she fulfilled her calling to study this wonderful and compassionate method of healing. 
In addition to healing, Maria is a lifelong intuitive and empath and has been working with angels for over 20 years. She credits the angels and Mother Mary, the mystical rose, for their guidance in the spiritual work she performs. Maria offers classes in Usui Reiki, Karuna Reiki, mediumship, and psychic development, and is also available for Reiki healings in Oracle or Tarot card readings. You can find her at ahealingsequence.com. Her email is maria at ahealingsequence.com. I will have all of her information down in the show notes. Here we go. Here's my mama. <laughs> Hello, Mommy. Thank you for joining us. I'm excited to have you. I'm excited too. <laughs> All right. So just to start, I guess, um, yeah, what do you do? What's your story with spirituality? But oh, with spirituality, I think I'm, um, I don't know. I don't want to call it a jack of all trades. So um with spirituality, what do I do? So I've been seeing since I was about three years old. Um, and I believe my connection at three years old was probably with the fairies. On occasion, I think maybe it was angels, but I believe it's the fairies. And um, grew up in a very Catholic household where uh, the fear factor was a huge part of our scarring background <laughs> I didn't realize how bad it was oh my god that was crazy yeah well, I don't know what Lily shared but yeah it was it was um the fear of god was put on us always um and uh needless to say I feel like my experience growing up was not very positive that um obviously moved away from the church and um obviously in college having taken philosophy i was really really interested in um learning about religions a lot of it because i had a lot of interest in just cultures around the world um, I knew that religions really defined many of the cultures. And so I was fascinated by that and learned about so many really cool religions and gods and goddesses and um, practices and how some people really focus more on humanity and, and spirit, um, their ancestors. Um, and so that's kind of where my head started uh, focusing. Um, I really, as part of those studies, obviously learned a little bit about, and I'm going to say the word witchcraft, although it has a very negative connotation. Um, well, with my listeners, you're fine. This is but, um, Wicca and a lot of other very, very spiritual um, religions, including even um, a lot of what the Native Americans practiced and what they believed in. And, and that was probably the part of um, spirituality that I really fell in love with and, and aligned with me. Um, and so fast forward, however many years now, um, well, fast forward a few years, um, I came to the realization that 
everything that happened to us growing up, all of the scary, freaky experiences happened because of we were in our energy. So I decided that it was probably in my best interest to try to understand it instead of fearing it. Um, and then you were born. And then the concern was, wow, how do I teach her to not be afraid? Right? Because I didn't know if you were going to be gifted or not. But as you know, growing up for you, uh, <laughs> There was so much activity, right? So I felt that it, it then became my responsibility to learn more about it so that I can also teach you, become aware and not fear it. Um, anyway, and that's kind of where I feel I've just kind of gone all these years. Um, I became very interested in Reiki when I was... Um, studying to get my esthetician license because for people who know me or don't know me I love learning so anytime there's an opportunity to learn something I want to learn how to do it so I can do it myself just like the Halloween right all of the Halloween costumes I'm like I wanted to learn to do that really really well so I went to school for it uh, and that was always fun but anyway uh, that's where I learned about Reiki, became fascinated by it, and finally was able to um, become a Reiki master and learn, and, and that has been life-changing for me, and obviously has opened me a lot more to the spirit world, and um, I continue to, although I stopped calling myself Wiccan a long time ago, technically, I guess I'm still practicing because I still do, um, so, and then, I mean, it's it's a lot, but Sorry, I feel like I'm all over the place right now. No, but you're fine. That's kind of my story. Um, here I am, and now what I enjoy is teaching, um, teaching Reiki, um, teaching people to look inward and develop their inner strength and their own power because everybody has it. Um, yeah, just helping people in general. So without all the scary stuff. <laughs> How... How was it raising me? Because I was very sensitive emotionally, energetically, <laughs> physically. I am a sensitive person. And especially as a child and with just stuff going on, you know. Um, how was that? So for me, obviously, I knew what being a cancer represented. So I knew that you were going to be a very sensitive individual. Um, with all of the things that happened, energy things that happened, I think for me, it was more important to approach them as though they were games or they were fun. Mm. So that you wouldn't fear them. Um, and so that you would maybe approach them a little lighter than being afraid of what it was. So if I gave them some kind of identity, it was easier for you to connect with. That makes sense. Cause I feel like even 
like the little coin thing that would go off it's like oh they're playing or if the things would play hush little baby it's like oh it's just your angels whatever that's true everything was very labeled so I had a picture I remember when I was a kid I don't remember how old I was maybe eight or something like that you had done some sort of meditation I think where you had met your guardian angel and I got really into it and I drew a picture of this angel girl that I used to see all the time. So I think I started to, anytime there was talk of an angel, I would think about her, you know, and so these things felt familiar rather than it being an invisible uh, thing. I also remember when I was scared of Bloody Mary, we went into the bathroom and did it <laughs> so that, to show that nothing happened. But I did have a Bloody Mary experience years after that. <laughs> That was awful, but it's all about intention. Yeah, exactly. So for you and your connection with angels, I think that that happened much, much, much earlier. Um, you were probably about three or four years old when you already knew about angels. Um because I don't know if you remember, but you and I were living alone in this little place in mm -hmm. North Glendale. Adam's Hill, yeah. You wanted to see an angel. Mm -hmm. And you were still wearing diapers, right? Is why I remember. You were still wearing diapers. And wait, were you potty? When do kids get potty trained? Yeah, about three. I think that was about right. Pull up. I was four. I think we had come back from Washington. Um, but yeah, I talk, I talk about, I've spoken about that story on my podcast. Cause that is one thing that has like ingrained itself in my, like, I exclusively remember it laying on my side. We had that blue little rail so that yes. it wouldn't roll off the bed. And then I was like, I wish I saw an angel. You're like, be careful what you wish for. And they said it over and over. And then, yeah. Yeah. And that night it's funny. Cause now it's like, I'm reliving it. Because I, you wanted to see an angel and you were so insistent on seeing your angel that I said, you, yeah, be careful what you wish for, because if it does make itself visible to you, you're going to end up freaking out <laughs> and it's not what you anticipated. And you started, you never really threw tamper tantrums but you started almost like whimpering because you wanted to see your angels. And then all of a sudden, boom, there it was. <laughs> and it was massive. And it's like, it was just a quick flash and you can still see the outline of it remaining. It was, yeah. Yeah. And you were good after that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got my, I got my fix. <laughs> I was like, okay, great. It was so fascinating too, because I remember, I remember I was like, ah, it's a big head. Cause the indentation of the wing was so, it was so detailed that it looked like a, a, you know, a head. And after it had disappeared, I remember feeling kind of sad that it did. And I think you had explained, I don't know if, I think you had explained that, um, you know, it's not, it's, it's good. So if it scares you, it's not going to stay there. Like it's respectful. And I think from that period, especially because before then was the poltergeist. I think that's the wow. first <laughs> memory I have of seeing something, that girl under the table. That I remember still. <laughs> and then the second big thing was this angel. And they're such different 
experiences you right. know um and seeing something that is freaky that like is violating your space versus something that is respecting you and is trying to be like okay you want to see me sure but I'm not going to push it you know right yeah it's talk about extremes right yes. <laughs> yeah the good the pure light and then you've got the other dark heavy energy that yeah is uh, yeah good times <laughs> all before I was five I know <laughs> pretty good <laughs> <laughs> Um, I guess we can jump to when I was a little bit older and we were living at the Norton house. That house was weird. There was a lot of, that house had a lot of activity. I remember we constantly hear our, my, I'd hear my name called. If I'd sit there and stare, I would see like legs walking and printing in the carpet. I would scare myself all the time. I've spoken on this podcast how like I'd go to the bathroom and then run, I'd run out and tap you because <laughs> in my head it would neutralize whatever negative energy <laughs> I felt in the bathroom. <laughs> Do you remember that? I never knew why you did that. <laughs> What is wrong with this chick? Tag, you're it. Okay. It was because I was, there was a, I think it was from Bloody, the Bloody Mary thing that made me scared of bathrooms. So in my head, I don't know why, but it's like, if I think because we had done Bloody Mary in the bathroom, because I think Bloody Mary was going around, um, they're talking about it at my elementary school. I think when I was in first grade so I was six so that was before we had moved to Norton so by that time I remember we did the Bloody Mary at the Norton bathroom because it was scaring me so bad but I still was a little bit reluctant about like bathrooms just represented negative energy and in my head because if I do something with you the bad stuff doesn't happen then I would run out and tap you <laughs> to neutralize the... oh that's funny that's cute. It's sweet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was a weird house. There was I a remember. lot of mm -hmm. energy in that house. A lot of um, really cool experiences. A lot of weird. Yeah, a lot. A lot of fairy energy for you. A lot of angel. I mean, overall, there was just a ton of yeah, just a lot of very strong energy. Um, and I don't think that it was ever bad or evil, dark, um, but just a lot of very playful, strong energy. Yeah, I'm, that's the house definitely that... Uh... I think, I mean, I would be downstairs, I'd open the front door and I'd, I remember putting on your Shania Twain CD and I would dance and sing, like looking like for the fairies, you know, <laughs> look at them at the tree outside the door. Um, but that's also where you had your altar. You know, we had, I don't know, did you have, have it before that house or is that when you kind of started to... No, I did. I did not have an altar in the place we lived in before um, because it was such a small place. Yeah. And um, it was just very small and there really wasn't, I think at that point I kept everything hidden, secret. Oh. Right. And there really was no place where I felt 
was a safe place for me to have an altar. Mm -hmm. Um, And at the Norton house, I did. I never made this correlation before, but I think Dexter, our cat, is, I think he was an important being in my spiritual connection. Right. We got him, I think, when I was six. We moved to Norton when I was seven, right? Um, And he was, like, literally a human. I've spoken about him on the podcast before, um, but he, and I've shared this story, but when I would sleep, um, I don't know if you remember, he would sleep on my pillow and he'd, if there was a noise downstairs, he'd tap my nose to wake me up and then he'd have me follow him down, you know, but if I started to get too far in front of him he'd like stop me because he wanted to go first to make sure the coast was clear but he was a human being and I think oh even remember at the house before Norton I would get him upset and he'd start chasing me but every time we passed you he would walk like yeah something's (laughs) happening and then the second you were out of sight he would start going to attack me I remember that I actually forgot about that house and I had forgotten that we got him before then and yeah you're right yeah Uh, And I feel like he, I always wondered, like, because I think I correlated him with Salem from Sabrina the Teenage Witch, where I I always wondered, like, what soul, who is in this cat? I think it made me think a lot about reincarnation, because he was clearly not just a cat. Like, I always correlated him with, like, a a man, (laughs) you know, that had... He, he was a very masculine energy for sure. Um, and in terms of humanizing him, yeah, he was different in the sense that he seemed to understand. Um, he figured out ways to communicate with you or with, with anybody. Because I remember that even if like daddy gave him dinner or breakfast or whatever and he didn't like his food he would come and he would tap me and you know make me follow (laughs) um to change his food but he also became your guardian Mm -hmm. because if you were in the shower he was either in the bathroom waiting for you or he was right outside the door until you came out and he slept on your pillow and he stayed there until you were asleep um yeah, he was something else. He was special. Um, yeah, he was. Uh, yeah, he was a very, very special cat. I remember too observing once I was old enough to stay home by myself because we had Shadow and Dexter. And Shadow would always, like, if we were all home and Shadow was doing something to Dexter, you know, Shadow would get in trouble. And then once I was old enough to stay home by myself, I would watch and everything Shadow would do to Dexter, Dexter was do- Dexter was bullying Shadow all over the place, but he knew to do it when nobody was around. So that um, when Shadow got his revenge, once everybody was home, Shadow would get in trouble. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Wow. He was very smart. I do remember you guys would play hide and seek and he would chase you. And anytime you guys came in front of me, he was just walking like he wasn't even like doing anything <laughs> with you. It was weird. Yeah. Yeah. Funny. He was a very special cat. I remember um, when he had passed, I 
Actually, I think I made my own little ritual or something with a candle from your closet and tried to ask for his body or his soul to be reincarnated into another cat. And I've always, Tessie is very similar to him. I don't feel like they're the same soul, but daddy does see Dexter and her play. Like he is around and she will, yeah, she will play with his energy and she always has. There's, and they look similar, you know, but there's definitely a deep correlation there. Cause she's also another one. Like she just looks at you and there's so much that she's explaining to you just, and she just stares and you, I don't know. She's a very interesting cat because grandma is not somebody that really communicates with cats or animals very well, you know, but even they have like a conversation, like she knows how she's feeling or what she wants or, you know. Wow. Interesting. Yeah. Very interesting. She's feisty. (laughs) Yeah. She's, she's, she's gotten better now. She's older. Um, but she still is. She's still feisty. She just, she knows what she likes. (laughs) She knows what she doesn't. I'm not afraid to tell you. Um, what was cool about Dexter too, is I remember anytime you would do some sort of ritual at the altar, he could feel the energy and he would roll around oh like there gosh. was catnip there. Oh, yeah. It was nonstop. Like he just knew he sensed it and he was all over it. Mm-hmm. Always. That was, I always found that interesting because it was pretty evident that he could feel, he could sense the energy. Yeah. When I was um, a kid, I think because you told me, (laughs) I really was into, I really wanted to be a witch. I thought that was just the coolest thing. But I believe you had told me that that's not something you can't just go out and be like, I'm Wiccan or, you know, because that won't be necessarily socially acceptable. So at school, I would, I would tell everybody that I had this like big secret and I'm like, oh, I'm secretly this like magical thing. And then they'd guess and (laughs) like have clues and whatever, but it was like this big secret that I painted out at school. But I remember in third grade, (laughs) we were, we were making, it was around Christmas time and we were going to make some sort of Christmas card or whatever. And I raised my hand and I was like, what if you don't, what if you don't, celebrate Christmas what if you celebrate Yule and she's like what is Yule that's not anything and I was like yes it is I can't explain to you what religion it's connected to (laughs) but it's basically like Christmas but it's on the winter solstice and I remember I was being adamant about it right no this is Mrs. Amy in third grade (laughs) so we had we had gone out into the hallway because I was I was not gonna let her say I can't write Happy Yule on my card, <laughs> so we went into the hallway to discuss it. I don't. I think she probably allowed it. I was a very I was, and thinking there were so many times growing up where I disagreed with the teacher, and I was like, let's go out in the hallway and talk about it. That happened multiple times. I don't know. <laughs> wow. I remember in in sixth grade. <laughs> there was a test and I think one of my friends because in sixth grade like half of the class we were my class was split up in two groups 
so for there was a test that half of us were taking in the morning and then we had recess and then the second half took it and my teacher had said Mr. Sam he said don't you know tell anybody in the second group what's going to be on the test and some of my friends I think it was like Carla or something told somebody and somebody in the second group had tattled saying that she said but because I was friends with her he he named me and if I was going to be named I couldn't go to the sixth grade pizza party so Mr. Sam had uh, we had to go to like the principal's office or something like that and it was like this whole thing and so when we came back I was like I told him I was like we need to go talk in the hallway and this was literally in the middle of class <laughs> classes going on and I'm like no we're going out in the middle of the hallway I did not say anything. This was Carla, and I'm not taking responsibility for this. Like, I don't know what kind of confidence I had when I was a child. But do you remember in third grade, too? I told you, I was like, I think I need to skip a grade. I think we need to have a meeting with Mrs. Anian because I need to skip a grade. And we went, and she was like, no. And you even said it was like, cause you'd give me worksheets and on the worksheets, I was getting a lot of stuff wrong. So you had said like, oh yeah, I don't think she's necessarily ready to skip a grade. Cause even on these worksheets, like, you know, she's still making mistakes and I was like, man, <laughs> ruined my plan. <laughs> oh my goodness. I do remember having a conversation with her and I do remember talking about the stuff you would learn at home that you were advanced, right? But um, I don't remember those details. Not that advanced. Yeah, I was really upset because I'm trying to make this whole thing like, no, this is just too easy. <laughs> like, I just need it. I just need to skip a grade. Um, grade. <laughs> <laughs> well. <laughs> When I would have friends come over, because I was really proud of the fact that um, you practiced Wicca, I just thought it was the coolest thing. Every time I would have friends come after school, the first thing I would do is show them your altar, <laughs> and then we would go in your closet, <laughs> and you had all of your candles in a brown bag they would come in in a brown bag and I would make them hold it and I'd be like do you feel the energy in these aren't these crazy wow <laughs> every time Ariel even <laughs> Ariel I made her hold the candles so she could feel the energy in them that was like that was the gateway that I would use to show people that like this stuff is real check this out hold these candles because they're really powerful <laughs> I need tissue because my eyes like oh. <laughs> wow who else was in my closet <laughs> everybody <laughs> <laughs> because that's where you had all your spell books and your candles it was all in there so the first thing it's like anytime anybody got close to me it was like the the mark that we were friends was for them to know that I was a witch and I'm gonna show you the stash of all of the things that are in your closet there was <laughs> There was a um, 
usually I think there was a little spell book that we hear you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah there was a little spell book that um you had gotten me um from the psychic guy and I kept it so secret like I don't know why it was just very secret so when I'd have sleepovers with people I would take it and when I slept over at Jacqueline's house we did a little spell in it um, it was like a moon water one but before I got that book if I'd have a sleepover with somebody I would take one of your spell books a small one <laughs> and I'd take it with me just in case or just to show them oh my goodness Wow. <laughs> I couldn't keep anything from you. Not at all. <laughs> We're all up in my business. I was. And what's terrible, too, is I even I had the spy kit because I was really into being a secret agent. I would spy on you guys all the time. <laughs> I would try to see how I could. I'd try to figure out the best ways or the best techniques to... Um, <laughs> it would go so far and this is when I was older but if you ordered something from Amazon for Christmas and it arrived at the house I figured out how to open the box without the tape lifting off of the cardboard <laughs> so that I could peek <laughs> to see what it was <laughs> that is not fair wow i remember grandma this, this too you always knew what you were getting <laughs> grandma would get mad because i think <clears throat> i remember one christmas in particular in the side bedroom she had gotten these big like animal books that she had at the very top shelf of that closet and she was in the kitchen doing something. And I would, if I knew they were present somewhere, I'm going to find them. I'm going to find them somewhere, somehow it's happening. And they're at the very top. And I climbed up the shelves like a ladder and I got them and I went into the kitchen. And I was like, oh, grandma, what's this? It's like, <laughs> how did you get that? So I got the very back top of the closet near the ceiling. And I just walk in like, oh, look at this. This is so cool. Is this you for know, me? It's because you were such a snooper that I learned for Christmas never to put names on the gifts when they were wrapped. I started numbering them. <laughs> this is really, I remember that. <laughs> this is really bad too. And I probably shouldn't say this, but you told me at one point, at one point you had told me the password to your email address because I had to go in for something and I pretended like oh I don't remember what it is I, I knew what it was for years and especially if it was during a holiday time where you were ordering my gifts I would log into your email my credentials you sure Mm -hmm. Yeah, and when I was a kid, it was like goddess one, two, three, or something like that. Was your password? I still remember it. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness, that's funny. <laughs> <laughs> wow. But I've got to say, that was the extent of my um, mischief. You're snooping? Yeah. yeah. 
I just I just wanted to know things and I feel like that was just the fairy the fairy vibes you know I feel like that's pretty good for a child I never acted out I just I just wanted to know everything (laughs) (laughs) I just wanted to know everything oh that goes into how I found the teeth in your closet which I spoke about on my YouTube I found you had um, a box of teeth in a silver it was a silver little box that had stars on it and do you remember my molars were coming out in pieces for some reason and I remember there was that one and then I think there was this other uh, I don't remember what it was but it was some other weird container that had other teeth but they had large molars full molars and all of my molars came out in twos so and then I counted the teeth and realized that there were more there than were in my mouth which is when I thought that you were the tooth fairy and I proceeded to tell everybody that you were the tooth fairy and that at night you would turn into a fairy and you'd visit everybody (laughs) oh my god it's funny (laughs) I had no idea until I watched your YouTube thing and I was like what (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh, that's funny. It would also, every time, do you remember that? I don't remember who it was. I think it may have been Tori. She was sleeping over the red light. We had a red like heater light in the upstairs bathroom. And that thing freaked me out because I I thought of Bloody Mary for some reason every time it was on. But I had us go up there and I wanted us to call in an angel I don't know why I would always do these things. I was so scared of energy, but literally, I mean, with my friends, like Monessa, we thought we were turning into fairies, you know, fairy stuff. I was totally fine with, I would tell everybody (laughs) that we're fairies. Jane actually remembers specifically, we would get gobstoppers and put them in the hedges at her house to leave offerings from the fairies. So like with all of my friends, I taught them all about fairies and how to make offerings and whatever. But I would also try to like bring in ghosts and stuff. And I don't know why I did that because it scared me. But Tori and I were in the upstairs bathroom trying to call in an angel. And we saw the face of a woman manifest in one of the side windows. We heard whispering. We felt like rubbing on us and we screamed and ran downstairs. I don't know if you remember that. Now that you're saying that, I do remember that. But I had no idea what you guys were doing up there. Yeah, we were calling an angel. (laughs) (laughs) You were having your own seance. (laughs) Yeah. And then at Izzy's house, she had, I I remember we had a, I think it was for her birthday. Because we would, she would have big sleepovers for her birthday. We were all sitting in a circle in Corinne's room. And I don't know whose idea. It was probably my idea. I was like, oh, let's call in some ghosts. (laughs) So we went into the room. I was maybe like, what, 10 or something like that. We were sitting in a circle. We were calling in spirits. We asked them to turn the closet light on and then they would. And then we'd get scared and then it'd flicker. um, And I'd be like, oh, it's your grandmother. (laughs) (laughs) But I think even at theater camp, I would have us like we went into the bathroom to do Bloody Mary. I feel like everywhere I was, I was always like, 
let's call in some ghosts. <laughs> so weird. That is weird because I always thought that you were afraid of those things. I was, but I think when I was with people, I just thought it was cool. So I was like, oh, there's more people here. Let's do it together. By myself, it scared me a lot. Um, but when there was somebody else there, I felt a little bit more confident. But I was always scared. Because even if I was home by myself, I would have to have the TV on in my room and downstairs because I needed noise. Otherwise, I would hear my name being called. I'd hear footsteps. I'd hear knocking. I would hear so much that I would have to keep the TV on. You remember that when I was growing up, I always had the TV on. You always had the TV on, but I don't recall a time that you were ever left home alone. What are you talking about? I was left home alone all the time. After I was nine? I don't recall ever leaving you home alone. Well, daddy would leave me home alone. Because I was either working or in school. That's probably why. Daddy would sometimes but go run errands. I never would leave you alone. He would. <laughs> I never left you home alone. No, I know. He, he did. So if you weren't there, yeah, no, he would, um, when I was, I think like sometimes it would start with like small things where he'd like run to Seven Eleven real quick. I'd only be home by myself for like 10 minutes. Um, but then as I got older, I would be by myself and I would keep the TV on because otherwise I would be scared. And I was one of those weird kids, which it seems to be according to Instagram. I've learned that this is for some reason part of my generation. If I was left in the car, I would hide under the, like at the bottom where your feet go. I would just be in a ball the whole time. Do you remember that? <laughs> Grandma would leave me in the car. And anytime I was in there by myself, I'd get scared of being seen. So I'd just sit in a ball on the floor. But... <clears throat> If I was home by myself and somebody knocked, oh, forget about it. I would immediately drop and cover and like go hide behind the couch. <laughs> oh my gosh. But yeah, that's also why at night I'd have to have the TV on when I'd go to sleep. Yeah. I was scared. Otherwise I'd hear too much. Noise. You would hear a witch cackling somewhere. I remember I'd always have to come in because you heard voices or I'd have to come in and clear the space. And we had a, there was a, I don't even know. I came up with some, something to spray. Oh, that's right. Get rid of uh, the witch. Remember we'd put salt on the windows. Yeah. I yeah, forgot we about the spray. I'd ask you to push it down when I was, when my stomach was upset. Mommy, can you push it down? Oh, yeah, that was a lot. Yeah, like a weird thing about throwing up. I spoke about that story on here, but I'll just share it again. Um, anytime my um stomach was upset, you would put your hands on my stomach and in like pushing down motions, which would energetically kind of help. <clears throat> help it and I was spending the night at Tori's house one night and I had an upset stomach so I went to the bathroom and I put my hands on my stomach and I saw this like yellow bubbling liquid so I went with it and I was like okay let's just imagine this bubbling, bubbling liquid, liquid more and I 
push it down and I gave myself diarrhea. <laughs> and I remember asking you, I was like, what did I do wrong? I was trying to push it down by myself. And you're like, oh, what did you envision? I did this like yellow bubbling stuff. And you're like, yeah, no, you gotta, you gotta neutralize that. Imagine it being white. It's funny. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness that's funny <laughs> it's so weird I don't feel like I've really I mean I've reflected on some things from my childhood like some stories but I don't think I realized how I would be so curious to like talk to somebody that knew me at that age like how weird was I <laughs> you know what I'm saying yeah because I had no shame. I did an intro. I literally, I had fairy wishing coins. I have them. Oh, I think they're, I don't know where I they are actually. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah, I have fairy wishing coins that were gifted to me from the tooth fairy. And I, at, after recess, I did a whole, my teacher let me give a presentation about fairies and the tooth fairy and that they're real and I passed out passed around my coins everybody take one pass it around (laughs) this is in the fairy language (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah I was a weird kid and I had no shame you were very quiet you were that was a side of you I never saw Hmm. I know once I started dancing I became a lot more when you got into drill team that uh cracked your shell wide open and you you changed you were a different you were much more you weren't as shy yeah I Uh, think when I was really young I think you told me like when I was a toddler I or I don't know I was very outgoing and then all of a sudden I became very reserved yeah yeah what was interesting there and And I felt kind of, I never, I mean, in looking back, I know it was what I told you that made you clam up and it wasn't intentional. I think what I was trying to do was try to teach you that there were bad people, right? Because there was a time when you were hearing about kids getting kidnapped and, um, it was always important to teach kids, right? That don't allow yourself to get lured by strangers. And so it was kind of in having that conversation with you that you just decided everyone's a bad guy. I can't talk to anybody. And you just wouldn't even greet anymore. You, yeah, it was, didn't have the effect that I was expecting. What's interesting though, is I think when I was four, I was I was in grandma's bathroom and I literally said aloud, I don't remember what it was and this is going into like heavy stuff, but I literally said aloud that I felt like an older man was going to touch me like inappropriately. I was four years old. I was in grandma's bathroom. I was looking in the mirror and for some reason I had this thing and I just said it aloud to myself and I didn't understand what it meant. And I'm wondering if around that time I was almost mm-hmm. like I felt it coming or I prepared for it I'm not sure what it was it's very interesting um 
But if that's around the time that I started to clam up, I'm wondering if there was something energetically that kind of made me start preparing for, hey, something, some heavy stuff is coming your way. Energy started to shift maybe as a way to protect you. Yeah. Because I remember too, I remember there being, I feel like the last big outgoing burst I had is I was at the mall with grandma and she went somewhere and I lost her. I didn't know where she was. And I was, I went to this woman in line. I was like, Hey, have you seen my grandma? And she's like, I don't know who your grandma is. What does she look like? And I was like, Oh, she's got whatever. And I was just like having a conversation with her. And then grandma finally came back. And I remember that being like the last like moment of like, Oh, Hey, who are you? What's your name? You know? And then I, got reserved became more reserved and then uh the you know many years later the sexual abuse stuff happened but that's also when I started dancing and so it was almost like a part of myself I feel like I felt like I lost some of myself but I also found some of myself with dance and then you and daddy got divorced and it just was a lot of messy stuff but I feel like dance gave me an outlet to start kind of making sense of it all and then I was able to feel more confident I feel like um but then in the following years too like early high school I kind of got weird and more reserved and it just kind of went back and forth um I feel like while I try to just get a sense of who I was but especially starting in fourth grade which is when I did start dancing um I think it was Hmm? started in third grade oh I did oh, okay um well after that I I felt that's when I started to feel more confident and then at school even after recess we would sometimes like present the dances that we choreographed to the class or I would do um a presentation on fairies asking teachers to meet me in the hallway because they weren't going to boss me around. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, I bet teachers were afraid of you. <laughs> Probably is a weirdo. And then you get to middle school. And then you're untouchable. Oh, because grandma was the assistant principal. Because your friends would get in trouble. Not you, Amber. <laughs> Yeah, it's interesting. I feel like in middle school, I felt that I felt very disconnected from myself, I think, which makes sense. Just a lot of hormones are starting, you know. There was a lot of change. There was a lot of change during that time. Um, and maybe the energy from whatever situations, plural situations, was just causing you to feel disconnected. Yeah. It was also a time when I believe um, your gifts were developing a lot more and a lot faster and a lot stronger. Um, So it was just a crazy time yeah and I feel like at that point 
<clears throat> I think in middle school is when I kind of started to have a bit of like PTSD symptoms. I remember before, I think before then, remember, I would just get these weird spurts if I felt like I was going to die and I'd start getting really scared because I didn't understand what it meant. I remember you, I think, had messaged Uncle Tony or something about it, telling him about it, or I don't remember. But do you remember that? I would just randomly feel like I thought I was going to die. Yeah, I mean, I vaguely recall something to do with that. Um, I, I don't recall details. I don't know mm -hmm. that I would have reached out to Tony about it. I remember you had reached out to him. I forgot what it was. There was something... There was something, I don't know, and I think, I, I don't remember the circumstances or what exactly it was, but um, yeah, that was a really difficult time. I think what kind of screwed me up was there's just so much weird stuff happening in the physical, you know, as well as energetic and then being more sensitive to it and then like having like weird trauma of stuff going yeah that was it was very it was a very messy time um very but I f yeah sorry yeah. it's okay um but I feel like I feel like it was very important because I think especially when I was younger I don't feel like I had any sense of boundaries which would make me emotional too, because I was hypersensitive to things and I didn't want to, I remember even with like my stuffed animals, if I picked one stuffed animal, it would break my heart. Like I literally look at the other one and it felt like, it felt like it was crying because I was like rejecting it, you know? So then I would bring in all my toys and I was just hypersensitive to everything and how everything's feeling and wanting everything to be okay. And I think had I not gone or all, you know, had we not gone through all of that stuff, I feel like it forced me to set boundaries and just understand myself and people better, you know? Yeah. Yeah. A lot of it is the fact that you're also a cancer, right? So you need to be a lot more empathic. So you yeah. can things a lot stronger than other people you know what's interesting I made a correlation recently actually do you remember every morning almost I would feel sick to my stomach I would feel I would feel gross every morning and there was a period where I would s express it to you but there was like no reason for it to happen so I stopped saying anything um I don't remember I do know that a lot of more of the heavy situations whenever something was happening my stomach would be upset so any kind of bad thing would immediately affect my stomach yeah. but I've noticed too that when I'm not grounded and I'm not my boundaries aren't secure even now if I had like a hard day and I've just kind of neglected myself in my practices I'll wake up with a with an upset stomach well that's interesting yeah. I've grown that. I was convinced that it was nerves that was causing that because mm -hmm. um, I 
think it's safe to say that every single day I was healing your stomach. Yeah. Every single day. And sometimes you would be out of the house on a sleepover somewhere and you would call me that your stomach hurt. Mm -hmm. I would take you to the doctor and everything was normal and it was weird. But yeah. I eventually took it as a sign that something bigger was going on. Yeah. Um, and I'm glad that for the most part that was resolved. I think resolved is the wrong word, but I can't think of a better word. Yeah. Um, yeah. So what you're going to feel is probably, you know, that's just the way your body is anytime that you are not grounded, right? That your energy might be running a little low uh, affects your nervous system because you are mm -hmm. very sensitive and uh, that makes sense. Yeah. So interesting, huh? And anytime too, if there's something that like triggers a trauma response that I have to then work through, it's immediately my stomach. That's yeah. like the, the, uh, yeah, that's like the first place that things hit. So as long as I make sure that my stomach's okay, then like, I'm good, you know? So interesting. Yeah. White light, just lots of white light. <laughs> Not bubbling yellow. <laughs> <laughs> Um, let me see what else have I got and written down. I feel like this is like a, like a, what's the word? Like a tell all or something. Wasn't that what you called it last week? Something <laughs> professional that I thought, oh boy, what am I in for? Yeah, not too bad. I just was a snooper. <laughs> That's all. Um, I remember too this memory this is just a fun memory but we had um, I had gotten that pixie dust from the psychic guy and I was like oh what does this do because I and she's like oh if you sprinkle it on somebody's head it'll take them to never never land I was like oh wow so I went to school the next day and there was the girl Jasmine who was really mean she was the bully and we would line up before class and she would have to stand in front of me. So I dumped the whole thing on her. And I was like, this girl is out of here. I don't want to take her to Neverland and never let her come and back. And what happened? And then she was out of school for a week. And I was so you scared. Or so scared that you had to tell me about it. Because <laughs> you didn't know what to do. Oh my God. And this girl. Yeah. And she's not in school. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, I think that was kindergarten. That was very early. It was kindergarten or first grade. Yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was very early. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. How did you, because how did you get into Wicca? Um, so, um, I was in school, right? Probably covering religions. At the same time, 
I had already dropped the whole church thing um, because there was a lot that I didn't agree with and um, situations with priests, obviously, that mm -hmm. um, caused me to lose respect. And uh, I was in search, I guess, of my own spirituality um, because as much as I turned away from the church, I felt that I had turned my back on angels and I was looking for some kind of spiritual connection. So anybody who knows me knows that I'm always studying or reading something all the time. And I just got through reading and reading and learning. Again, I also wanted to better understand my gifts, better understand all of the experiences that we had had growing up and then with you. Um, because I also wanted to understand it better um, so that I wouldn't be so afraid sometimes even of being home alone. Yeah. Right? Um, and it was in part of my reading and studying, I guess you can call it that um, I started reading a lot about Wicca and um, some resonated, some didn't. And then I stumbled across a book on angel magic um and along with other wiccan books um slowly started dabbling in rituals and connecting with angels and that's really where it began is that i really was looking for a way to connect spiritually um because obviously growing up Catholic, you're taught that that's the only way. And if you don't, you're going to go to hell. But there are so many great religions out there. There are so many great people doing a lot of great things for humanity that are not Catholic. You're going to tell me that they're all going to hell because they don't believe in, you know, it made no sense to me. Um, anyway, so started trying to connect with different deities and some of the energies just didn't feel right. And I eventually found my path and um, obviously the fairies have been with me since I was very little, um, and the fairies will continue to be there also because, you know, my story, our story, right, of belonging to the fairy realm, but, um, my work with angels and angels have never, ever, ever failed me, but back to your story, that's really where it began is that I was just looking for my connection with spirit that I felt I no longer had. Um, and that's where it started. And I feel like Wicca, um, really allowed me to embrace who I was, um, and really taught me about, um, that Wicca obviously does not mean anything devil related or dark energy related. If anything, it is a beautiful earth energy that focuses on using the energy of all of the elements and having respect for everything living, uh, which clearly changed my perspective because most people hear Wicca, you think witchcraft, and then you immediately think of devil worship and you know everything's going to hell, uh, which was not the case. Um, and I am.
embraced it so much because I feel that it changed me as a person um, for the better, right? Um, and to be more accepting of things and, and taught me that we are in control of our own destiny, of ourselves, our, of our environments, our family, everything. Um, and everything on this planet is energy and how everything is so intertwined. Um, I don't know. I just learned more about it and, and still love it. I think it has taught me a lot and it's certainly taught me to find my own power um, and um, to have confidence, to understand why things might be happening. Um, yeah. And, and just to take care of you know, everything deserves to live in peace and harmony, even if I'm afraid of it, right? <laughs> like, I don't know, critters. Um, <laughs> everything deserves to live. Um, and there's a place here for it all and, and how we're all connected in energy. And I think I recall you doing research on different types of Wicca too, because you had considered getting into fairy magic. Right. But yeah. because they're so mischievous, like, you don't know, you know, so you yeah. went with Angel. So obviously the angel um, fairy energy is always going to be there. Um, I read everything about Italian Wicca. I mean, from so many different forms and different traditions. And again, um, some just resonated. And at the end of the day, um, I just kind of went with my own thing um, based on what resonated. But yes, uh, fairy, because I was so connected to fairies, um, I wanted to do that like I wanted to be able to work with fairies but <clears throat> but fairies are very mischievous and I felt that when I'm doing a ritual whether if it's for myself or someone else or, or you're trying to find ways to help overcome issues that are pretty serious I needed to feel like the energy I was connecting with was also focused and serious and was going <laughs> to get to where I needed. Not, yeah, I don't know, maybe not today or, you know, I, I the fairies just wasn't, weren't as serious for me for that. Um, I still love them. They know, <laughs> um, but um, that was why I decided to go with angels also because obviously having a big part of the Catholic religion, you know that they are celestial and they're pure and um, we all have our guardians and um, I've trusted them and I've learned to trust them even more because I've had issues and they've always pulled through for me um, in ways that I never imagined. So I just remembered, I remember Growing up too, at school, if I had a test, you would tell me to call in my angels to help me for the test, or you would send angels. I remember that going to school, if I felt anxious about something, I would always call in angels for protection. And that's yeah. from when I was very little. Yeah. Yeah. For protection, for guidance. Uh, they're always going to be there for you. If you have an interview, you, I mean, everything has some kind of good energy, right? Uh, even a building. I remember going on interviews and always um, calling on the angels of the building to allow me to be there. And, you know, what oh, I remember parking spots, even. Yeah. Anything. Yeah. 
Yeah, parking spots, the traffic signal. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Lily brought that up when I was talking about it. We go like, <laughs> I still do that. I caught myself doing that the other day. The light was green, and then there was a delay, or not a delay, but a big space between me and I'm like, oh my god, the light's green. I'm like, angels. <laughs> <laughs> that never went away. I was still doing that. <laughs> so That's cool. Did you? Did you have any fear growing up in such a religious household? Did you have any fear or were there things you had to overcome moving into something like a Wiccan practice? Um, yes. So I think everyone Catholic I've talked to knows how much guilt is put on you and how anything bad you do, you're going straight to hell, right? So you carry a lot of guilt, unnecessary. Um, but growing up, our experiences were not, they were pretty scary. I was afraid of the dark. I feel that... It took, if I went to bed, it took me a long time to fall asleep because that meant that if we were in bed, the lights were out. We were terrified because everything we did was always the devil. If you're sweeping the floor and there's a little bit of dirt, oh, the devil's in that dirt. So yeah, I go, everything. <laughs> um, so I was afraid of the dark and I would throw the blankets, the sheets over me and it could be hot outside and I'd make a little hole so I can breathe because I was terrified that the devil was going to come get me and so um, I would do that too but remember my fear was vampires <laughs> <laughs> I do remember that yeah so um what made it worse was that our parents would tell us these really scary stories about experiences they had experiences they had when they were little or that they knew someone who got sucked up or whatever right by the devil so obviously we didn't want that to happen to us but what was worse was that things would happen in the house and so we would get blamed for it that we stirred up all this evil energy because we were always fighting or because we weren't cleaning good enough or you name it um and if we would see things Grandma would take out the holy water. <laughs> She's all yeah. Lily told me every night <laughs> in the middle of the night she would wake up and splash everybody. I had no idea. I had no idea. She thought we were possessed, or I don't even know what. But she would bring priests over, and they'd be uh, yeah. It was <laughs> it was crazy. I I that was a, talking to Lily about it was a very eye opening. Like what the hell was going on? That was oh, it's and it gets I had worse. no idea. So then we got into our teenage years, and then the Ouija boards became really popular. We went through five or six of them. We could not get rid of them, and finally we did, and then it would come back whole. Um, I'm still connected to an old, old, old boyfriend, and he still remembers the story. Uh, but we were playing Ouija board and then the clock struck 12 and then it started spelling out like Satan and we all freaked out. We prayed the Our Father and that thing went flying. Scary stuff. Um, yeah, Lily started telling, I had asked her actually my question for her was what's the scariest experience you've had? <laughs> and she started, she couldn't, she 
kind of dabbled into the Ouija board stuff. There was some stuff that she uh, didn't go into, but yeah, crazy. <laughs> crazy stuff. So I promised myself that I was never, ever, ever going to touch one of those things because nothing good ever came from it, at least our experience. It was, yeah. And we would be playing it and priests would be over and yeah, it's just, it wasn't good. I mean, we connected with a lot of, at the time we thought was good energy and some really strong connections that when we finally did away with the Ouija board, it was as though we had really good friends that just died and we had no mm. way to again. Um, so it was very emotional. Um, yeah, crazy, crazy. A lot of crazy stuff at the house. A lot of things moved, a lot of things. Yeah, it was just again and when everything is the devil you know of course it's unsettling and you're always just going to be freaking out over nothing um so i think going back to your question having grown up that way um and believing that all of that is so evil um and all the studying i did to understand the energy it was like oh so i started to understand things better no longer was i afraid because really what are you afraid of it's all energy if it's darker energy you really have the control and the power and the strength to get rid of it right i didn't know about um the law of free will I didn't know about the different vibrations of energy. Um, I knew the difference between light and dark, but I started learning more about polarities and how you can't have one without the other and just how things affect other things and your own energy, right? How certain experiences <clears throat> will cause your own energy to drop. Um, and that lower energy will also cause other lower energy things to come up sometimes right but again learning how to control and to recognize and, and to um trust that and know and learn how to get rid of that um and then to welcome in um better um lighter um energy did so, you oh sorry go ahead no go ahead I'm, i think I was, done. I was gonna say um did you you didn't you didn't really have a community right you just kind of went into this by yourself oh yeah mm -hmm. did that was I mean typically because this stuff is so weird and can be confusing because it's invisible was that a obstacle you had to overcome for me I think it was a lot of trial and error on my own um I tried again the internet was brand new when I was growing up Right. Um, so even doing a search online for like-minded people or to connect really was hard because there wasn't a ton of information out there, or if it was, um, you didn't know if it was legit or not. I remember, um, contacting or reaching out to a gal in Santa Monica who was trying to put together some kind of coven. Um, and I went to meet with her at the pier, I believe it was. I think I remember you telling me this. And she was nice, but she only had like two people signed up. And uh, 
I ended up like, okay, thanks. See ya. Because the only other person, the other person she had was um, a Satanist. Yeah, I remember. I don't know that that's in line with what I'm doing, right? So I'm not sure what kind of coven you're creating. But um, anyway, yeah. So for me, it was all mostly trial and error. Um, because at that time, I don't think that people were really talking about energy or witchcraft or whatever people want to call it spirituality um yeah i i I just kind of learned a lot just from reading and then experiencing and learning to identify and just learning to trust i think it wasn't until gosh even very recently right before i got my reiki mastership um that uh, I found someone offering classes in psychic development. And I thought, oh, maybe there's a group of people that are just like me. So I enrolled in a class and that's really, again, that was just more recent. But if anything, um, everything that was being taught, I was like, I'm already doing this. Okay, I'm already doing this. And so we would sit in the little group and I'd be able to call out names and and to me it was if anything what that did for me was it validated that I did have the skills that I did have that my clairs were were clairs open were, and active. <laughs> I was um, gonna say clairs were clearing, but then I <laughs> choked just trying to make a joke. <laughs> did not want to come out. Yeah, but you know I did that because I felt that maybe I could connect with people who were similar to me and that we can talk about these things and grow. Um, that's where I met my BFF. Um, <laughs> and uh, if oh, it would be fun to have her on here. <laughs> yeah, I would. I think. Uh, oh, we should all three do one. That would be cool. All together. <laughs> all together now. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that would be fun. Um, but it would if anything, what that did was just validate everything for me. And, and that's really where I lost my fear, um, kind of gave me a new identity because this is who I am. This is who I've been um, and not be afraid to talk about it. Did that answer your question? Sorry. Yeah, no, definitely. Did um, when you met daddy, I well for my preschool, I went to a uh preschool at a church and I remember every night before bed we would say um what's that prayer we do that as they say it in the Sandman song the Metallica song I forgot the prayer but it's the one that they say now I lay me down to sleep I pray the Lord my soul to keep we would say that before bed every night when I was young um and I know daddy obviously grew up in a catholic household uh I mean, obviously he's open to things, especially with his experience and he's very sensitive. Did, how, what was that process in a relationship? Like when you guys came together, were you both kind of like not really practicing Catholicism or, but kind of with that still? And then did you kind of dive into Wicca afterwards and like how no, so at that point I think he was I was still Catholic and and clearly he was too um 
and yeah no we were already married when I started because I was in school um and remember when it was that I made my decision that I was never going to step my foot in a church again um but we always you know you in conversation right you share stories about growing up and, and different experiences and um and things just would happen, right? Like um, something that never worked or that wasn't plugged in would do something or the sounds and knocking, right? When you got spirits or all of those things we would just talk about. And he was very accepting, but it sounded like grandma, I guess, may have also... Um, um, delved in it a little bit when he was little when he had his oh stroke. yeah when he had a stroke yeah so um it just was nothing really weird um and it was just something that we knew existed and that you know we had our experiences that yeah that was kind of it it just and then it just things just kind of morphed from there hmm. um my brain went into two directions. This is really random. I remember when we were getting home, we lived on Norton in the front. I don't think I was with you. Was I with you? I don't know. But the light was off and you had said like, oh, like I want the light, the front porch light to be on and it turned on for you. Yeah. So I was coming home. I don't know from where, but it was a weeknight. Um, I don't think it, I, it was work um, either way, or maybe it was like maybe like school or something. And mm. well, no, because it wasn't that late. It was like maybe around six, six thirty p.m. But it must have been like after like daylight savings, where the time in the fall, yeah. where it gets darker earlier. Because I remember that it wasn't, it wasn't late, <clears throat> and I remember parking the car in front of the house, and I knew you weren't home, and Daddy wasn't home, so you guys were somewhere. But I knew that I was the first one home um, and parking and looking at the front door and noticing how dark it was. And I remember thinking, I wish there was some kind of mechanism where like at a certain time, things would just turn on right automatically, like on a timer. And um, anyway, grab my stuff got out of the car and started walking to the door and in taking my first step the porch light turned on and I was like oh but I thought no one was home so I remember looking around and no well, it was just me <laughs> so I went in but by that point I was like that's really weird because if no one's home then who's in the house so I started looking, you know, behind the door, started walking around, behind, you know, just all the rooms, the closets to make sure that some person, weird person didn't get in the house. Um, and then I called my mom and I'm like, because I didn't know who else to call. I mean, I was freaked out, but then not freaked out. And uh, I went around, and I just told her that the weirdest thing just happened. I said, the light is on. Someone turned on the light for me and no one's in the house. And then she starts freaking out. I'm like, I'm not afraid, right? It's, it's okay. I just thought it was odd that the light turned on and no one was home. But anyway, um, 
yeah so then I was like thank you <laughs> <laughs> then you so had the candle light itself yeah we were watching the Miss of Avalon and the candle <laughs> itself I loved that movie and uh, that was one of those things that it's like I never lit the candle and and there it is that was really do you remember cool. this is a random story but do you remember when uh, Dexter had <laughs> jumped into the chimney he's a black and white cat <laughs> and he jumped in the chimney and he came out and he was a solid gray blue color <laughs> and we had walked into the house and we're like uh who is this whose cat is this he <laughs> looks familiar it, it greeted us at the door and we're like what cat is this like we did not recognize him at all yeah and i don't even know at what point we got in the house and then that's where we saw all the soot on the carpet and that's where like oh my god he got into the fireplace and oh man what a mess that was yeah i remember because was like he looks like he knows yeah that was weird because he did not look like dexter at all like it was like some random cat got in the house yeah, <laughs> yeah that was so weird I have to give you props for, um, I will say a highlight of my childhood is all of the Tooth Fairy and Santa Claus stuff. I remember I had lost a tooth in the dirt and I was so upset about it. And you told me to write a letter to the Tooth Fairy to let her know that I, I lost the tooth. I didn't know where it was, you know, and then I think it was under the pillow, right? Yeah. A lot of the little gift exchanges and even with Santa Claus You were very, you were very good at like making it really, because even with the tooth fairy, you had a specific paper with a very small font. It was a small piece of paper with a specific small font <laughs> that you would write. And I remember daddy had written a letter and I was like, what is this? This is clearly in his handwriting. This is not from the tooth fairy. And he's like, yeah, it is. And I'm like, no, <laughs> not stupid. And like, went to put money and I think he even woke you and it's like what are you doing you're ruining this. Yeah. oh my gosh he tried you have to give him credit for trying <laughs> um, I'm you know I don't know to me I wanted to make it so magical for you that it was hard for me to not do that um yeah, I don't know. I loved writing all the notes and then you would write to all the little fairies. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like but just because of that experience even now and it's hard for me to like say that you did a good job because in my head it's like no, <laughs> they're still there. Like it's still Santa Claus and it's still the tooth fairy. You were just channeling their energy. They are these energy beings. I I cannot state that they are not real and you were pretending to be them absolutely not you were channeling them and <laughs> you were the medium from which they could come in my I head you're still tooth fairy right now and they're just so happy <laughs> i've got yeah goosebumps. yeah yeah no that was them <laughs> that's cool well is there anything else you want to talk about Oh, we could go on and on forever. Um, no, I think that catches uh, the bigger things. Oh, you know what I remember? 
Two, this changed my view. And I actually, I don't know, I think about it to this day and I think about it often. When great grandpa Charles died, I don't know how old I was, seven? No, you were little because I remember holding you. Um, oh, okay. And um, I took you up to the coffin during his wake for you to say goodbye. I remember I had, I was so distraught about his passing because I didn't feel we had a good relationship. Um, his hearing aid was really loud, so he would yell a lot. So I always thought he was mad at me. Um, and so I was always kind of scared of him and I just never felt like I could be very close to him. And when he passed, I felt very guilty. And I remember you guided me through this meditation where imagine him, I'm on a, I'm in a field or something on a hill and imagine him coming, sitting next to me. And then I just talked to him and I remember him being like, oh no, it's okay. You know? Um, yeah, that's something that I always thought about. Anytime I felt like there was a somebody that had passed or just some sort of energy being that I didn't feel comfortable with, or it was usually like if I felt guilty about it, then I would imagine that field and like try to talk to them in the same way, or you know, I would revisit that a lot. Summerland. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think that's important to do. Um, I've done that with Stephen, even when we talk about George with his yeah. dad right I mean there's always ways to communicate with um our loved ones um and and this is where I think the festivities of day of the dead are so important and so magical and so I think they're just lovely it's a great way to connect and to um celebrate their lives but for people who don't um you know like grandma Maria, I would tell her all this. I tell her this all the time. If you feel someone's presence, don't be afraid, find a way to honor them, light a candle for them. Or if you know their birthday is coming, cook their favorite meal, right? We've done that with George. He loved in and out. So we'll go in no. and out. we'll buy one for him and we set up an extra place for him and we'll light a candle and he's got his burger and we eat and, you know, and you can feel his energy. And then, you know, um, little things like that, I think matter. Um, yeah. When you're feeling guilt or like you have no closure, a meditation sometimes is the easiest way to, to reconnect and you're able to express yourself and tell them everything that you've been carrying. Right. And then, they'll appreciate it because you'll get your validation or it's not that you're looking for validation, but you'll get a response from them one way or another. Yeah. When I was taking developmental psychology at GCC, there was a point in the lecture where we were discussing about how to approach the concept of death to children because children don't understand death. Um, and I think... It, you know, there's different philosophies in how to approach that. Um, and I remember my professor was explaining, I forgot, I forgot what her stance was, but I was, I didn't agree with it. And I was trying to explain that I think there's nothing wrong with explaining to a child, like, 
you know, this concept of an afterlife and talking to whatever. And I mean, that's more of a spiritual or like religious kind of view or whatever. But um, I remember her saying, it's like, well, she's trying to pose an argument that it could like affect the child wrong where they feel like there's this false sense of seeing the person or the person coming back and I was like no because I grew up in a in a environment where we spoke to those that had passed away it wasn't the end and I never expected to see them physically but it's even like great grandma Dorothy I would feel her sit on the bed shadow after he passed I would feel him jump on the bed or Dexter even you know yeah and I think there's something very comforting about that and especially when you introduce that concept at a very young age you know it's it's like it appeases concern, especially if there is some sort of guilt, like with great grandpa Charles, I just have a guilty conscience. So I always feel like I'm scared of hurting somebody, you know, um, having the opportunity to feel like this is a guilty the end. conscious. You're just an empath and you, okay. can... <laughs> yeah, guilty conscience. <laughs> well, I always just feel guilty for things, but, um, uh, feeling like this isn't the end I'm not doomed you know but it's like there's more we can keep working through things I can actually talk to them we can figure it out and like yeah. things are good you know or like great grandma Dorothy we weren't there when she passed it's like oh well at least I can like still talk to her I can you know there's almost like this sense of closure and constant connection which I feel like is really important yeah I agree sorry something something moved and it startled me because it made a yeah I heard it <laughs> I heard it yeah no but I, I think that's I think it's really important and especially introducing it in a way where it's like you know how to set boundaries and how to um was I I know with some like with some kids they'll just like talk to the wall was I one of those I don't think I was right No, you wouldn't talk to the walls. That came later. <laughs> but um, you did have imaginary friends. And I think they were more your fairies that you would talk to. Uh, but no, you wouldn't talk to the walls. Okay. Yeah, I remember. I remember there were many instances where I would feel fairies like in the corner, even or I draw them a picture and try to show it to them um, when I was older. Um, and there would be weird things too, where I almost like, I felt like I was literally under a trance. Cause all of a sudden I like blinked and an hour would have gone by. Like it, there's a lot of unusual stuff that would happen, but fairies, especially I would talk to. And do you remember there was an episode of wife swap where there was um, a family that was, they did fairy Wicca and they would like, <laughs> they'd like talk about the, the, like the mom or the wife that the new wife in the house, you know, and they weren't getting along. And I thought that was the coolest thing. I was like, Oh, you can just like whisper to them like that. <laughs> I want to do that. <laughs> do you remember that? I don't remember that. That's funny, but yeah, you can whisper or you don't even have to whisper because they'll read your mind. Yeah. I know what you're saying it's funny did you did you have a big spiritual awakening or was it more of this wave of like I've always felt this now I understand it okay now we're here like was it more of like a gradual thing or was there a period of like all of a sudden super increased crazy 
No, no, no. It was gradual again, because a lot of it I had to learn obviously through reading and some stuff resonated, some stuff not, but it wasn't until much later that, um, I, yeah, I think it was gradual, but I finally, cause there's so many aspects of it, right. That you don't just understand everything in one day. Um, it was gradual and it was different things. Um, everything, every, every piece of it had a day or a time when I understood like, um, one thing I can think of that I carried with me for a long, long time feeling guilt about was um, I had a vision. There was this girl who I worked with. She was always late. And um, I think I was working at a department store. It must have been like high school that I was working. And I was working at a department store. And I remember my dad, Miracle, that he picked me up from work to drive me home. Um, and during the drive home or the ride home, I remember seeing this vision. So the manager was on vacation. I was kind of in charge and I could see me the next morning answering the call at like eight ten AM where she's calling me to tell me that she's going to be late or that she was in a car accident. accident. Yeah. I remember you telling me this. Story. And I remember thinking, wow, she will do anything to avoid to getting to work on time. Um, anyway, and I went through the vision and then I thought, okay, that was kind of weird. And that was it. So the next morning comes and eight ten, and the phone rings and she was in a really bad accident. She missed work for months Oh no. And I felt guilty because I, in some way, thought that maybe I caused it. But obviously, you learn. Um, and yeah. I haven't done anything about it. I wasn't putting it out there. If anything, I think I was just seeing what was going to happen. Yeah. Um, but I had a lot of experiences growing up where I could see things. Like I would have to take the high school, wasn't even close to where we lived. Um, and walking, so walking was, you couldn't, cause it took a long, long time. Um, so we would take the bus, but I remember that I would leave the house and I could see where the bus was. So I knew if I needed to hurry or not, but I was always able to see things, um, again. And it wasn't until later that I, I understood my gifts and, um, no longer felt guilty about things I saw, if anything, you know, it's like, we all have it right where yeah. people call me, I will call you or I will call, Hey, is everything all right? Just cause you get these feelings. So I, if anything, I think it just, um, made me pay attention to those visions and just check in on people to make sure that, yeah. That reminds me do you remember, I remember before I told you about the sexual abuse, you and daddy had the same dream. Yeah. So the day you told us, I remember that night telling him, I said, you know, I've been having this dream and I, I could still recall the dream, but I kept telling him, I said, I wonder if that was a sign and we just missed it. And he says, I remember having the same dream too. 
it was a weird dream because it was like I could see a sketch of a person and I it was they, they were wearing glasses and the face looked familiar but there was never a way to fully identify who the person was like he was hiding behind something um, and then I remember having a dream of you sitting in your closet on the floor, like, yeah, like you were crying. And uh, so obviously I took that later as a sign, like, what was she hiding? What was she going through on her own where she felt she was in a dark place? Um, so it obviously all came to light, but I was getting the signs. I just, and you weren't sharing anything. So yeah it was hard to even figure out what was going on or who, but it all made sense after. Yeah. And then we had that same dream, you and I, when I was going to therapy of that bird that turned into paper and she had said how it yeah. represented like healing or yeah. It's so interesting. You and daddy too had that. Well, you've talked about that actually on this podcast a long time ago in the beginning, but that alien the aliens, that was weird. Yeah. Especially for me, because I feel like I never, ever, ever recall my dreams. And this was so real. Like, I know that my eyes were open and I was feeling because I could, I, I was thinking, right. And trying to understand like, what the heck is going on? Um, so I know I was awake, but I was asleep. It's yeah. kind of weird to, to explain, but I remember telling him about the weird dream and he was like, wait a minute, I had that same dream. And yeah, it was strange. It's cool. Yeah. Have you had any other, you haven't had any other weird abductions happen since like that, right? Mm -mm. That's so strange. We've had some cool stories, some cool experiences over the years a lot of crazy a lot of things that people would probably call crazy yeah yeah it's cool do you think now that now that you are more connected and more in control and all that stuff do you find that activity is not as prominent because they can now just kind of come through energetically. Is there more activity? Is it the same? Does it depend on the house you live in? Um, so interesting question. Um, the energy for the most part, um, is calm. However, as soon as Stephen leaves the house, especially on the weeks that he goes out to LA, it is popping. It is nonstop activity. Oh, thank you for saying that. I wanted to ask you when you, when somebody has just passed away and they come to you, there's a specific like popping thing that happens, right? Can you talk about that? Yeah. So it's just been something that even with my mom, we always knew that there was an energy in the house um, because she's also sensitive, but yeah. growing up um, there was always popping. It's like the furniture will make a certain popping sound. It's almost like at night when the house starts to settle and it starts creaking and doing whatever, 
but this is like furniture and it's like really loud pops. Um, and that has always become an indication to me that there is a spirit who needs to communicate. Um, it forces me to stop and pay attention. Um, and, uh, when there is a spirit that needs to communicate, if I ignore the, the, um, popping, they will continue and they will do whatever they need to, to capture my attention until I am able to sit down and listen to them. But yeah, the popping just has always symbolized to us just when a spirit um, wants to connect with us for a message. Um, I mean, there have been other ways, but that's, you know, one telltale sign is when you just get busy and you're not really focused or connected to spirit. Yeah. One way they have always used to bring, to get our attention. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Lately, I've been hearing, this is funny, anytime I have a thought and it's like uh, correct, there's a car beep for some reason. Oh. And then if I confirm it, okay, do that one more time, beep, or anytime I'm like, oh, I, yeah, it's funny. That's been a thing happening lately. Yeah. Yeah, it's cool how that happens. Mm -hmm. I feel like there's one more thing I want to talk about. And I'm feeling something, it feels like it's connected to the moon or water. I'm not sure what that is. Connected to the moon or water? Well, we just had a brand new moon. Um, we had recently uh, seven planets in retrograde. So there was a lot of chaos, uh, a lot of maybe heavy energy that a lot of people were experiencing issues, unsettling issues. Um, but that energy is beginning to lighten up. Mercury is no longer in retrograde. Um, so communication is starting to get a little easier. Um, you should do like a forecast. Like, you know how people are like, over here, the wind is going 25 miles per hour, Southeast. <laughs> you should do that for- I do take, when I do rituals, I always look to see which direction the wind is blowing so that I can call on the right angels. Oh, interesting. Because the way that you just explained all of that was really like really clear. And like, if it felt like a forecast, you should, <laughs> you should start putting videos out like that. <laughs> that was cool. Um, <laughs> did you, when I was a kid, I think, did you have a book about Luna or something like that? I'm seeing something or like, like a like goddess. A I don't remember. Drawing down the moon? I'm not sure. I'm just seeing, there's a memory that I'm recalling. I'm seeing you and I standing near your closet. You have a book or you're talking about Luna, like the moon goddess. Um, and I remember seeing her a very specific way, like wearing this flowy dress. It's like a light gray color that I I'm going to do a quick search because I believe that was a book I got you when you were little. But I remember there being some sort of introduction 
Stella Luna. Oh, I remember that book. Oh, that was a cute book. Oh, I totally forgot about that. All the little bats. It was The Kissing Hand. I remember that book. Yeah. It was cute. Uh, I remember, this is also very random, but it just remind me of the bats. Um, there was, you were talking about getting your teeth filed, your fangs. So you would have fangs. And I literally thought that you were a vampire and that you were going to kill me. <laughs> I had a fascination with vampires. I was gonna. I was looking into what dentist <laughs> could file my teeth because I didn't think my dentist would do it. <laughs> but at night, I was always so scared. I was so scared of vampires, but I was so fascinated by them. And I remember I, the interview with the vampire was on, and we were passing by, and, and I was like, "Oh, can we watch that?" And you're like, "We can only watch it if you tell me like the number one place." vampires bite or something like that and I was like the neck and you're like no it was you said it was the wrist because there are <laughs> veins there so then at night I was like okay my wrists are covered <laughs> nobody is coming to get money <laughs> <laughs> it's funny I think you had a book on on moon magic did it's you it's possible um I don't I've had so many books but I I am seeing it was a dark cover wasn't it yeah it was a lady with this long flowing dress and then the big crescent moon I think so yeah seeing but I don't remember what that book might have been I'm trying to google it but I don't see it and I'm not sure why that memory is coming in it feels like there's something there but I wonder yeah. if it was a um great author Silver Raven Wolf I wonder if it may have been one of her books I remember I really wanted you to do um, a so I was baptized, but I wanted a Wic Wiccan baptiz baptism, and it, I thought, huh, a Wiccaning. Mm -hmm. And I thought that I was so disappointed. So in Sabrina the Teenage Witch, when she turns sixteen, she's she's levitating on her bed, and that's when her powers came in. When I turned sixteen, I was so disappointed that I didn't wake up. Levitating. <laughs> it's really disappointed. It's probably a good thing. <laughs> probably. Oh, this was fun. Yeah, I enjoyed it. It was good talking about things that I had almost forgotten about. Yeah, old memories. Get my my um confessions. <laughs> So, you know, the thing too, the confessions is that I believe, I tend to think that um, this snooping, you never outgrew. That's correct. <laughs> You're still a snooper. It's not as bad, but I think I've gotten better because I try to respect people's privacy. But if there is somebody that I know wouldn't really mind. <laughs> I will, I will push it. Um, I think, I don't know. I don't know what it is. Cause even when I was, when I was, I literally, I still have the notebook. I had a notebook. I had all my spy stuff. I would go outside. I would pick a stranger. I would observe where they're going. I'd like hide behind trees. I would follow people. 
like I was just fascinated with human behavior and I wanted to understand where they were going and what like why they were doing what they were doing or you know I think because people can be so performative especially in front of other people and I think I've always had a fascination with wanting to know the root cause I used to this is messed up when I'd stay the night at Tori's house sometimes if I'd wake up and she'd still be asleep I'd read her diaries (laughs) And sometimes there'd be, because we had a very like sisterly relationship where we would fight all the time. And so she would have all of these things venting about me. Um, But I think I was always fascinated with just wanting to understand a person at their core. You know, when like nobody's looking, like who is this person? What do they like to do? Because I feel like with some things too, like people are scared to share things or they may feel shameful about certain things. And I think I always was just like, no, I just wanted, like, I just wanted, I have this fascination with just like uncovering like the core of a person. The issue is, is especially growing up, I would do so in a way that was violating people's privacy. <laughs> um, it's not so bad anymore. I don't, I don't. Recognize I don't, that that's very fairy-like, right? That is very yeah the energy yes I don't do I don't do anything weird anymore I I allow myself to just let people be but if there is an opportunity like oh somebody left a book here <laughs> or uh-oh there's a thing oh, let me just look what's in this drawer <laughs> oh. what's this <laughs> Oh, there's more over here. <laughs> it's it's a lot better. I'm better at respecting people's privacy, but I do like to people watch. And um yeah, I'm just curious about I'm just curious about people. People are weird. Yeah. They can be. Yes. All right. Well, thank you. This is so fun. Thank you too. Thank you for your time. I'm glad we were able to do this. Yeah, this is cool. Thank you so much. This was so fun. Okay. <laughs> yeah, memory lane. <laughs> Love you yeah. too. I'll talk to you soon. Okay. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for this. This was really so special. After we filmed this, we spent like two hours recording this, and then later that day. I called her again and we had like another really long talk just marinating and digesting everything we had discussed. This was so, so special. I'm so grateful to have had my mom here and for you guys to just kind of get to know my family and my background and you know we've all done so much to try to heal generational trauma and I think it's just really special seeing how we've all kind of come together to find practices and beliefs and approaches that feel better to us you know what I'm saying and just kind of honor who we are it's just I I just think it's a beautiful thing so thank you guys so much for listening thank you for being here thank you to my mom for being a guest I'm sending you all tons of love and I will see you very soon Thank you so much for listening to Diary of a Psychic Medium with me, Amber Amrine. To learn more about me, my work, and such, you can visit channelwithamber.com or follow me on Instagram at channelwithamber. 
A special thank you to Unicorn Heads for my theme song, A Mystical Experience. See you next time.